You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here in the house at Conservative Review Thursday afternoon. Not quite El Stinco de Mayo. It's the 4th of May, although it doesn't feel like it's America anymore, so it may as well celebrate El Cinco de Mayo. Um, wow. You know, I could sit in front of this microphone, and I know you want to hear what I have to say on the double, triple betrayals this week, this day. Um, I started off the day wondering if I should turn into C-SPAN 1 and watch House Republicans echo Democrat talking points on health care, or do I turn into C-SPAN 2 and watch Republicans in the Senate echo Democrat talking points on the budget? So I just turned on neither. Y- you guys are smart. You, already, you, you read all, all our articles here. You know what's going on. Um, you understand that this is a fake Obamacare repeal bill that just saddles us with all of the messaging problems of Obamacare, but doesn't actually repeal it. Um, you understand what happened to the budget. What, what everyone is asking is, what do we do? What do we do? This is a rich crisis mo- um, moment where we really have no horse. You know, I want to echo something Mark Levin said last night, uh, really one of his best monologues I've heard in a long time. I'm, I'm proud to call him my boss. He said what I, I noted in my book, Stolen Sovereignty, what we've been putting out here the last couple of years, we must adopt a more radical but realistic approach to address the progressive status quo, because what we're doing is not working. That too many conservatives have simply accepted as effective power the minor concessions of the progressives. We live within the construct of the progressive movement, not within the con- constitutional structure that was established. And, and that's what it is. We've seeded 99% of the ground. We're just fighting. We're having this fake fight, polarization over a bunch of nothing. We have one big unibrow party, despite the idolatry of binary choices. When could we move beyond binary choices? Now, obviously, at some point, we need a new party. This party is irremediably broken. But until then, there's something we can do. There's something that speaks to the core of the problem with integrity within this Republican Party. And as you know, the last couple of days, I've been talking about the Senate race in Alabama. It's a standalone Senate race outside of the typical cycle because it's a special election to fill Jeff Sessions' seat in, uh, on, on August uh, 15th, just coming up in a couple of months. And this race embodies what we're up against. This is our Elijah on Mount Carmel moment. With that said, with no further ado, it's an honor to bring to our listeners the man for whom I cast my ballot for president, by the way. In case you haven't heard me say it before, I filled in Judge Roy Moore, the former Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, who is running for the U.S. Senate. Hey, Judge, how are things going in the campaign? Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Daniel. Uh, Very nice. I appreciate your vote. I don't think I, I got it, but anyway... Uh, very nice. We're going to do very well. Well, well, look, a lot of people are counting on you, and I'm sure as you've already seen, this goes well beyond 
Alabama. Um, obviously, you know, you're meant to or running for an office that's designed to represent Alabama. Uh, but sadly, we've moved beyond that, I and mean, especially since the 17th Amendment. And it's basically all politics is national now because the federal government controls every aspect of our li- lives. So every Senate seat really represents all of us. It shouldn't, but it, it kind of does. Um, people are looking for a revolution. I, I, I think, you know, l- let me just unpack this work backwards before we talk about your campaign what are you what are you thinking as you're watching an election held over the, the sense that we're losing our country and Republicans get in there and they go back on their most solemn promise to repeal Obamacare. They vote for a budget that funds Planned Parenthood, funds all the Democrat immigration priorities, increases spending, and they control all three branches of government. What is happening, and how do you think you could change that if you go up to Washington? Well, I'm definitely not one of the insiders in Washington, obviously, by what uh, Mitch McConnell and others have done about cutting off funding from all uh, consultants that oppose their candidate up there. And I think that uh, it was particularly about me. They don't want the way I think up there, and I'm not apologetic for the way I think. Uh, I just want to abide by the Constitution and acknowledge God as the basis for our Constitution, which he is. Uh, they don't like that, and uh, I guess they don't like the fact that I stand for what I believe, and I'm not going to change doing that. And I'm not going after a job. I'm going after a commitment to my state, my people, and God. Now, how do you think you could work within the confines of this party that that clearly doesn't share our values? And if I if I told you, you know, Judge, we're going to go and take forty House members, couple of conservative senators, couple of outside organizations, set up shop in the Democrat Party, and promote conservatism, you'd, you'd say I'm crazy. Well, I mean, it, within the Republican Party, the the problem is. They all say they're for marriage. They say they're for life. They say for they're for limited government, state sovereignty. Um, for cutting spending, free market health care, and yet much like the ballot machines in my home state of Maryland, where you vote for a Republican and outcasts a Democrat ballot, um, you know we vote for Republicans and out pops Democrat policies. How do you think your election could bend that trajectory? Well, Daniel, I've always believed that as the Bible teaches, we're to be a light and salt. Uh, it's not what we do. It's just shedding the light on and the truth about the Constitution and the truth about what we stand for, and others will be emboldened to follow. Uh, you can't change something that's been deteriorating for many years overnight. I understand that. But I'll be darned if I'm not going to speak the truth about such things as Obamacare. Uh, socialized medicine is not good for our country. It's not been good for other countries that have tried it, and we don't need to have socialized medicine. Then besides that, it's not part of the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8 doesn't include health care, and, and uh, the Welfare Clause doesn't include health care. Uh, what we need is free I mean, free enterprise system and open up the uh, borders of the states to and they'll have lower uh, cost and better service, in my opinion. But for years, the Republican Party opposed health care, even when Hillary Clinton tried to get it through. And then, of course, when Obama got everybody to buy it, 
uh, and it's turned out to be a travesty. I mean, everybody else, everybody's health care costs are terrible. But when I hear Republicans say they're going to repeal and replace, I sometimes wonder what they're thinking. Oh, how do you place something that you're not supposed to have jurisdiction over? The federalism system should be live and well. And the Tenth Amendment says that those powers not delegated to the United States but the Constitution are prohibited by it to the states or reserved to the states respectively of the people. Nothing gives the federal government power over health care. And so I, I just don't understand what I'm going to do is just tell the truth, stand for what I believe, and represent the people of Alabama. You know, you know, I think our listeners just listening to you understand how you answered my question, what changes, because this is the problem with the Republicans. Um, they all say what you say in the abstract. They'll write it on a paper. Yeah, the Constitution, this is not, uh, it's uh, marriages to the states. Uh, you know, uh, the, the there's no enumerated power for the federal government to get involved in health care. And then when they get up there, well, not so much. You know, I'm just going to throw out some examples to our listeners. Republicans said the Iran deal was a treaty and it wasn't affirmatively ratified by two thirds of the Senate. So it's illegal. We get up there and Trump now, um, you know, certifies that Iran's dealing with it, much less doesn't abolish it. Uh, they say the contraception mandate is is unconstitutional. Well, Trump's Department of Justice is now defending it in the 10th Circuit <laughs> with something they it's gratuitous. They don't have to do it. You know, they say Obamacare's cost sharing subsidy. So on top of Obamacare being unconstitutional, Congress never even appropriated funds for what's called cost-sharing subsidies, and now they're, they continue to do it, even though they won a court case on it for once. Um, we, we say we're originalists, and then we believe in the Constitution as it's, as, as it's conceived, and the court's not the sole and final arbiter over political issues, certainly when they don't follow the Constitution. Yet, well, that's just the fundraising talking point. It's the law of the land. So everyone understands, I know in our audience, what you have done, um, you know, both in 2003 uh, recently, Ten Commandments with um, with 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 marriage, state sovereignty, and butting up against the federal judiciary, so they understand when you say you are for this stuff, it means you are for this stuff. You will not move. I mean, is that correct? That's what I've, I've always done. I mean, I don't see how people back away from the truth. Uh, if you back away from the truth, you're no better than the ones that are putting forth a lie, and in fact, you're worse because you're supposed to know the truth. So I can't understand why people back down except they want to keep the job, they want the money, and they want the power. Um, I want to do what's right under the Constitution, and that's what I've stood for in 2003 and 2015 and 16 uh, with same-sex marriage. Uh, we, we've got to stop this uh, Supreme Court justices that violate the Constitution they're sworn to uphold. A judicial supremacy is not uh, is not what the Constitution stands for. The Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land, not judges who violate its precepts. So I said that, and I got suspended for it because there are groups that don't like that kind of uh, truth, and it is political prosecution. So. Sure. I'll do the same thing I've always done, Daniel. I'll stand for the truth. And uh, can't stand for that. You fall for anything. And, and um, you know, obviously, we, we have so much ground to cover. So I'm going to link to in the show notes our interview with you from last year on the details of what happened over the past year with the unaccountable 
Judicial Inquiry Commission, how you got suspended and you know now you just decide to resign and, and run for Senate. Um, but you know, for, first off, what what is your campaign website so people could go check it out and and uh, do what's necessary? Uh, the campaign website is judgeroymoreforsenate.com. Judge Roy Moore for Senate. Okay, Judge Roy Moore for Senate dot com. Um, and, and again, you know, just for clarity's sake, CRCRTV does initial issue of official endorsements. This is my personal endorsement. Speaking here is Daniel. Um, you know, obviously, our listeners are very familiar. We've written for years and have my book on judicial supremacy and what to do about it, and and um, you know, Congress's role over it. And a lot of people have been asking me, well, you know, what's the judge's view on this or that or, you know, farm subsidies and this and, you know, just all sorts of fiscal issues, social issues. And, you know, what I what I've been telling people is the consummate issue of our time is judicial supremacy. And we're seeing that now. Um, we're seeing that, uh, you know, with immigration, the sovereignty of a nation that, that the court said for 200 years that they themselves have no province in that, that that's rooted in, you know, self-governance, that the political branches have to deal with that. Uh, you know, and, and not just Supreme Court, but even puny district judges. I think your narrative speaks directly to this because, you know, especially we're filling the seat left vacant by Attorney General Sessions. He's now battling this in the courts. He said, you know, some district judge in Hawaii is able to nullify national sovereignty. And I was thinking, weren't you the first one that actually warned about this back in 2003? If a district judge is the final law of the land, to say to get you know erroneously give random people standing when there's no injury in fact to take down a monument, um, then there's nothing they can't do. Then then so isn't it true, Judge, that rather than needing an originalist on the court, don't we need an originalist in the Senate who understands Article One powers? Well, I would think so, and I. You know, I've seen this thing coming on our country for a long time. Uh, if you remember after a Supreme Court uh, opinion in California got overturned by a federal district judge up there, about 20-something states allowed federal district judges to come and overturn their marriage laws. And then in 2013, the Supreme Court Kennedy writing says, well, the legislature can't interfere with this. It's left to the states. And then they come back in 2015 and they actually create a right and what we're seeing is the supreme court will let these federal courts do their job or do the job they shouldn't do for as long as it takes to get the mindset of the people to believe that federal courts rule our land and then they cave and then the supreme court takes uh, liberty with creating a new right that never even existed in our history and that's same-sex marriage uh, I thought the four dissenters in Obergefell clearly explained it. It was a judicial push, according to Scalia. It was a, a completely unconstitutional by Chief Justice Roberts. I mean, uh, when we, but then everybody bows down to that because they call the Supreme Court opinion the Supreme Court of the land. Well, courts don't make law. And that opinion would only apply legitimately under a system. Uh, it wouldn't apply at all because it contradicted the Constitution. But if it did apply, it would just apply to the parties under that circuit. Under that, that circuit, uh, that's right. Circuit. What they've done is they put Supreme Court judges above the law and federal district judges. 
But you know, the, the problem is more subtle than that. Uh, there was one state that had the, the contest up before their Supreme Court, and their Supreme Court would not rule on the constitutionality, and I'm not talking about Alabama, I'm talking about another state Supreme Court, would not rule on the constitutionality of their own laws. They sat around and waited for a federal district judge to rule on it. <laughs> so the Supreme Court is the highest, Supreme Court of a state is the highest state court. The appeal is directly to the Supreme Court of the United States. But we didn't have one state court besides Alabama in 2015 to stand up to this same-sex marriage issue. They let federal district judge completely wipe out their law and never even said boo about it. They're doing the same thing with immigration now. And, and what's funny is, is you know, I, I think of when I think of you from Alabama, I think of your state motto. Um, I wish I knew it in Latin. I'm embarrassed, but we dare defend our rights. We dare defend our rights. See, what the Republican Party has become is kind of these scam packs that send you send you you know emails. Hey, take a look at the legislating from the bench, the courts, the courts. You're so scared of the courts, uh, you know. And, and and they all, you know, I've interviewed a lot of candidates and they'll all say, I'm for marriage, I'm for life, I'm for, but when the rubber meets the road and you, you, you're confronted by the point of contention that will determine that outcome, suddenly they're, they're no longer there. And not only that, they won't fight for the people that actually stand. Um, I, I, I'd love for you to comment on this thought that, that was very painful to me. I remember your first stand about 14 years ago when, you know, with, with the first case with the Ten Commandments. And, you know, I, I saw an entire party, you know, at least in some way, and it's certainly a movement that that grew up around this. I remember Ron Paul introduced legislation. They called it the Roy Moore Bill. Um, and your state congressman, Adderholt and Senator Shelby introduced legislation exercising Article three, Section two exceptions mm -hmm. and regulations that that Congress controls the the subject matter jurisdiction of the Supreme Court, much, much less the lower courts um, and, and strip their jurisdiction of, of their ability to adjudicate cases, redefining marriage and, and similar things. And yet 14 years later. When this was going on, I see nothing. Nothing. You, you know, your state, every elected official, including, by the way, the attorney general at the time, Luther Strange, who is now your opponent, the uh, chosen, um, the appointed senator, was quiet. You have super majorities in the legislature, Republican state. They did nothing about it. They allowed themselves to be run over. Um, and no one, there's no legislation. And then, you know, OK, you know, you and I both understand that. Let's face it. The Republican Party doesn't stand for marriage and life. They don't. They don't want to talk about those issues. It's a it's it's a known fact on Capitol Hill that they won't touch legislation with a ten foot pole that even addresses that, um, even when they have the opportunity to affect an outcome. But what about immigration? What about Trump's promises? I mean, what do you have? Federal courts nullifying long standing sovereignty statutes, giving standing to foreign nationals to create an affirmative right to immigrate. So whereas, uh, um, you know, you now have. Uh, Christians living in America can't service their God with their own private property, yet now Muslims in Somalia could assert an affirmative First Amendment religious liberty right to uh, immigrate or due process and equal protection. I mean, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. What's up is down. What's down is up. What's a state power is given to the feds. What's a fed power is given to the states. You see that with the sanctuary city ruling. Um, I, I, nobody is speaking to this. How do you think as a senator, you, you've been a judge your life, 
How do you think as a senator you could work the other side of the fence to fix this ju- judicial crisis? Well, I think that as long as you speak the truth, there are going to be those on the other side as well that will perhaps listen. When you say that there's nothing in the Constitution about these issues, then they should listen to them. We're sworn to the Constitution of the United States. I, you know, I was sworn in 1965 on the banks of the Hudson River as a young cadet at West Point, and I went to Vietnam for it. But I really never realized what a, a judicial supremacist was till the last few years when I've been examining the system and finding that it's our fault as people in this country to put judges above the law. Judges don't make law. Our system was not set up that way. Legislators and congressmen, and when congressmen forget their power, when, you know, to impeach and to, to call judges' hands on this, you let judges make up the law as they go, uh, then we've got a problem. And it, I think it's more the people's problem than they realize because we put judges above the law. It's like going to a doctor that tells you you got to cut off your foot because you got a headache. I mean, nobody would do that. But when you, you think that, you know, you're going to put the power in the doctor to cut off your foot, that's what we've done. We're crippled as a nation. We, we can't function because we've got federal district judges who are not elected running a system where the system is based on representation. We rep- our, our congressmen are represented to make the law, and the executive enforces the law, and the Supreme Court interprets it. When it violates that, it's taken the Constitution itself. Justice Sutherland, George Sutherland, in 1931 in West Coast Hotel, said this, the role of the judiciary is interpretation, not amendment in the guise of interpretation. And to miss the point of difference between the two is to confuse all what supreme law of the land stands for and convert what was in what were inescapable and enduring mandates into mere moral reflections. And that's what we've done. We've, we've allowed judges to get around the fifth article of the Constitution, the amendment article, and just amend it the way they want it to do, and it's a mere moral reflection, just like same-sex marriage was, or abortion is. They are not following the Constitution, and the way people have been confused is they create rights and take away inalienable rights given by God. When we forget that the Declaration of Independence is organic law, according to the United States Code 2012, it's organic law, and our rights come from God. And government is not there to give us rights. They're there to secure the rights for us, but they're taking them away by creating other rights and changing our basic institutions like marriage, which is the foundation of the fabric in our country. And Washington said, is it farewell dress? Who that is a sincere friend to it could look with indifference on attempts to shake the foundation of the fabric. Our foundation is being shaken because our congressmen, our judges, and state and federal are not paying attention to the clear precepts of the United States Constitution. And when they want to have a good country, a great country, we all want to return to our greatness, but we've got to return to our goodness as well, or we'll never be great again.
You know, I wanted to elaborate on that because I've heard you say that since your announcement a couple times that in order to make the country great again, taking off of the, the president's campaign motto, we have to make the country good again. You know, a lot of us have felt that, you know, the president during the campaign really identified and latched on to the symptoms of the problems. But much of the movement around him failed to identify the source of that problem and therefore didn't land in the right uh, parking lot for the solution like we're seeing now. That I mean, isn't this something what, – what, what do you mean when you say we have to be good again? Well – as Washington said in his farewell address, I like to quote somebody that was the father of our country, and people think, well, that was old, that was a long time ago, things have changed. What hasn't changed, Daniel, is our, is our basic human nature. And that Constitution was to constrain or restrain, I should say, that human nature and that lust for power. As Washington said about separation of powers and checks and balances, he said a just estimate of that love of power and the proneness to abuse it, which predominates in human heart, is sufficient to satisfy us of the truth of this position. He recognized, as they did, that men left just to themselves would seek power, and they divided the system and created a system of checks and balances, separation of powers, and the principle of federalism, where the states retained the powers not given to the federal government or to the people, then when they forget these concepts, it's all about power, and we ourselves have put judges above the law. So most people say, oh, it's the rule of law. Well, the rule of law is the United States Constitution, not a judge who makes up the law as he goes, who exceeds his jurisdiction. We've got to go back to the recognition of states' rights. It was not just a, a concept in the Civil War. It was It's a concept in the Constitution that, that states the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited by it, the Constitution, to the states or reserved to the states, respectively, and then the last four words, or to the people. And there you go with the concept that they're not even respecting the rights of people, uh, the religious liberty of people anymore after Obergefell. They're making them bow down. And I, I saw an article just the other day, another judge said he can't issue these same-sex marriage licenses. So what's he to do? Are they going to go after his job and put him in jail, attack him, find him? Yep. You're talking, about, you're talking about the state of Kentucky, that, that judge there, if our listeners don't know, um, there was, I forget if it was a probate judge, um, but, you know, kind of a similar situation to Kim Davis like we had two years ago. And again, there was broad silence in this established conservative movement that, you know, we didn't see last decade. And... I, 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 from my end, that's what I sense when you say we need to be made good again. We need to actually believe in the underlying principles, not on, on, on a paper, not as a campaign promise, but in our hearts to the point that we'll, we'll fight for it. And, you know, what, what I find that um, a lot of re reporters, you know, Republicans hate the liberal media and I don't have love for them. But what I'm finding now is they're criticizing Republicans and Trump for doing a lot of things. And I can't defend it. Because they're right. Now, did Democrats do the same thing? Yes. But it doesn't should we should we do the same thing? You know, create another Obamacare scheme that doesn't repeal it and doubles down on Obamacare, but then pass it after two days of releasing the text and without having a score when we criticize the other side for doing the same thing. I mean, there's no integrity left. Um, and I think that's a big part of of what people are looking for. 
Um, you know, if you want to just comment on that before we move on. I, I think it was very unfair for me not to answer your question. I think a lot of people out there are still wondering, what can you do? I'm going to tell you this, Daniel. I don't believe I can do anything without God. With God, things will happen. And God will work where we acknowledge the truth. It was said by uh, Jefferson long ago, truth is great and will prevail if left to herself. That she is the proper and sufficient antagonist to error and has nothing to fear in the conflict unless by human interposition disarmed of her natural weapons, free argument, and debate. Error ceasing to be dangerous when it is ready freely to contradict them. In other words, he said truth is great and it doesn't need anything else, but when man enters in and cuts off truth's natural weapons, which are free argument and debate, then error will become dangerous. And that's what's happening in our system with Obamacare, with everything else. We are not standing for the truth. Can, me alone, can I do anything? I can speak the truth, and I will. I have no impediment. I'm not worried about anything. My oath is to the Constitution of the United States and the principles under which it's, it's formed, upon which it's formed. If we don't go back to the principles, we're never going to succeed. I think they don't want my voice there, and I can understand that. And, I, you know, from their perspective, I appreciate that. But that's what they will hear. They will hear the truth, not only about the Constitution, but about God. And when God gets ready to change things, as he did when Trump was elected, I believe, uh, sure, it's not correct all the way. We need to go back to these principles and not get lost in this political quagmire that we seem to be facing with Democrat and Republican. You know, if you go back to the farewell address of Washington, it was Washington who first recognized that this allegiance to spirit of party would take us down the wrong road. Instead of a fire that would warm us, it would be a fire that would consume us. We're being fired, or, or we're being consumed, I should say, by this fire of spirit of party. And basically, it's a pretended thing when the Republicans get in there and say they oppose something, and then they don't stand for it. Uh, it's just to get the votes to get there. And I think I think we should stand for what we, we should repeal Obamacare. Uh, not replace Obamacare. We should repeal it because Obamacare is a violation of the Constitution. The federal government never had authority over the health care system. And once they step into it, it then becomes a permanent, a permanent evil. Uh, Reagan said it. Best probably, and I'll, I'll paraphrase him, said the closest thing to eternity on earth is a government program. Because once you start it, you can't seem to get out of it. Yep, and, and that's what we're seeing now. It's We're not getting out of it. We're not, Um, uh, you know, we're, we're almost running out of time here. What I what I sense from you is a line I've always used for people. What, what many people are looking for in the Senate is not just a vote, but a voice, especially nowadays with social media. As a senator, you really have a platform. Um, you know, it's not just your individual vote. And and what what bothers me is we have a lot of conservative states where we have Republican members. And right now you have uh, Luther Strange, the appointed senator, and he's going to be at least one of your opponents um, that that Mitch McConnell and the NRSC have claimed that they're going to treat him like an incumbent. I don't is he in the witness protection program? I mean, I don't hear from him. I don't hear him pounding the pavement saying we promised full repeal and this is nowhere even near that. We promised to defund Planned Parenthood and we have all three branches of government. And we're not doing that. Um, we're, we're allowing the Democrats to sign off on, on, a, on a bill. I mean, I know they're voting on it today and maybe the leadership will give them a hall pass 
to vote vote against it because they know you're there, but we don't hear the voice. Well, I think that's all I've got uh, to hold on for is the truth. And if you don't stand for the truth, like I said, uh, you'll fall for anything. Washington recognized that when you exceed the powers of uh, your branch or or the Constitution, that it's a permanent evil. Uh, no matter how spacious the pretext you did when you you took that, third. it seems right to people that somebody handle our health care. Well, leave it to the states because the federal government doesn't have anything to do with it. If if anything. Uh, Education is the same thing, and we're finding out when they when they started education. Uh, now it's it's become both Republican and Democrat, race to the top, or no child left behind, or whatever it is. Then we got Common Core comes down, and you mandate ch- teaching children that they may be a different gender. How crazy have we become in this country? I intend to speak the truth, and I'll I'll stand for the truth. Uh, this is a chance for America to get involved in the Senate race. Uh, Washington's trying to shut us up, and they're trying to control the people of Alabama uh, with money. And uh, I don't think they'll be successful at all. Uh, if you want to, people want to help, they can go to judgeroymore.senate.com and look at that website. You'll see what I stand for. I'm not crazy. I'm not a religious addict. I believe in God. And I believe that the Constitution was founded on belief in God because the Declaration of Independence, which is organic law of under a country, says that's the purpose of government, to secure the rights God gave us. And if we don't do that, if we don't return to an understanding of these things, we'll be gone no matter who gets in the White House. And it's just a, a race to the race to the bottom. The the binary idolatry. At least I'm not a Democrat. I, I joke around with my listeners all the time and say um, you know, there's no there's no floor to this because the Democrats will say um, one day two members of each family have to get a sex change operation to promote diversity. Then Republicans will say, well, um, no, only one does. Well, what do you want? Do you want the Democrats to win? I mean, and there's no there's no limited. I think people are looking for someone who has affirmative beliefs. I don't want to hear, oh, I'm not the Democrat, because then ironically, you act like the Democrat. Uh, you know what you fir- affirmatively believe. Um, I want I just randomly. I want to float this by you. A, a lot of conservatives, even the ones that are very disappointed in what they've seen from Congress, from the administration so far, uh, they, they're just enthralled by Judge Neil Gorsuch now, Justice Neil Gorsuch. And I don't know much about him, and time will tell. But just to to, to close the loop on this judicial issue, and and really tie into the general sense of. Believing one thing in the abstract, but in practice, it we, we just don't follow through with it. I, I saw him up there at the confirmation hearing saying that Roe and Obergefell are absolutely, quote, absolutely settled law. And I just, you know, I throw my hands up. I mean, we say we're originalists, and then, and we say, you know, every Republican conservative will say it's the most absurd ruling ever. And then we say it's settled law. Well, that's a, a mistake that they make because they don't understand what precedent stood for back in the days when they formed the Constitution. It said, yet this rule of precedent admits of exception, where the form of determination is most evidently contrary to reason, much more to be contrary to the divine law, 
But even in such cases, the subsequent judge does not pretend to make a new law, but to vindicate the old one from misrepresentation. Forfeit be found that the former decision, like Roe, like Obergefell, is manifestly absurd or unjust. It declared not that such a sentence was bad law, but that it was not law. It is not settled law. It's a violation of the Constitution. It'll remain a violation of the Constitution until some judges step up and say, wait a minute, uh, the Constitution doesn't speak at all about marriage. It doesn't speak at all about abortion. In fact, it says that right to life is an, is an unalienable gift of God. And life was defined in the law as the immediate gift of God, right inherent in nature in every individual. And it begins in contemplation of law as soon as the infant stirs in his mother's womb. They knew about quickening, and they didn't know about the conception that we know about. And it begins at conception, not at, outside the womb. And when we let Supreme Court justices say that that's where life begins, they've created a right to take away the right of life to a child. So we've actually violated the organic law and the Constitution of the United States. There's no due process for a child. I mean, you can't. They have due process with a child and done anything. It's the parents that have done something. Yep. And if yep. they look back to 1965 when they started with the right to privacy in Connecticut, in it Christmas. was over whether married people could buy contraceptives. That was where the right of privacy came from. My goodness, that in Connecticut, buying contraceptives for a married couple, they had laws like that. How far have we gone from the truth? It's we have not gone the right so far. We have gone so far to the point that, yep, the, the the point that I mean, you now have the fourth, the sixth, the seventh circuit saying that pretty much transgenderism is settled law. <laughs> I mean, th there's no floor. There, there is literally nothing. We have a joke going that there is nothing. If we're going to Supreme Court, even a district judge could say nothing, absolutely nothing. That will not be regarded by you know many of Republicans in Alabama that act so conservative. They says they love God, guns, and babies. And then when the rubber meets the road, and a district judge, uh, you know, literally flips constitutional separation of powers on its head, uh, God-given unalienable rights are are read out of the Constitution. What's antithetical to literally natural law, and nature is God. I mentioned in the preamble there. Uh, they they read into the Constitution. And our people do nothing. Every one of your colleagues there in Alabama, everyone, super majorities in the legislature, every state elected official is a Republican. They all say they're pro-life, but yet they, 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 they champion every judicial supremacist around. And then, like you're seeing, and we'll see what Luther Strange does here, but in the budget bill with control of all three branches, they're funding a private organization that – which the courts – that's under criminal investigation for harvesting baby organs. That's right. And, I'll, and Daniel, I'll tell you what's going to happen to transgenderism. They're going to sit around and wait till enough federal district judges suddenly have the revelation that there's a new right to think you're a, the opposite set gender and get special privileges. Then the Supreme Court will step in when enough people have bowed down to it, as Madam Ginsburg envisioned, when enough people bow down to it, then they can come and declare such a right. And everybody will bow down to this new supreme law of the land. Well, I'll tell you this. This is, this is another thing. Federal district judges are not enforcing the law. They're making up something as they go. 
And if this feel-good society is just like Sutherland said, a mere moral reflection. And when they get to that, then we've lost our Constitution. And we still have the part about impeachment in there. If they want to change these things, they'll impeach these judges that are violating the Constitution, just one, and they will stop this. It will be a marvelous revelation. But until we realize that judges are just one branch of government, and they're there to interpret the law and not to say what the law is, to say what the law is, according to that interpretation, not what it shall be, as, as, Chief, as Justice Scalia said in a 1993 case, the role of judges is not to say what the law shall be. They're interpreted according to the law, and when it's so absurd or unjust and completely ridiculous and violates the Tenth Amendment, then they, then they say something, they should be impeached. And that's the role of Congress, and that's the check and balance we have on these things. But until they use these things, until we keep quit bowing down and going through this judicial process where we say everything that a judge says is law or gospel, if you want to call it that, then until we stop this, then we're not going by the Constitution at all. We've got to elect people to the Senate, to the House, to the legislatures of the states that understand that the rule of law is the Constitution. And I propose to do just that. My website's judgeroymoreforsenate.com. So judgeroymoreforsenate.com. Um, my gosh, I got to get you on again. I know I've run way too late here. Um, but, you know, we wish you luck. Thank you for your time here. God bless. And will you come back another time? Yes, sir. All righty. Well, have a good one, Judge. Take care. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. Bye. There you have it, folks. That was Judge Roy Moore, former Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Um, this is the question for us. Will we take yes for an answer? I mean, we always say, oh, I, I want a true constitutional. Well, you, you heard it. There you have it. He's not your typical guy. I mean, he, he's not going to talk like a, like a politician. He's not going to act like it, even a conservative politician that we're often used to. This is the revolution we need. And again, you know, it's all up to God. It's, um, you know, God is for outcomes, but we have to at least fight for what's right. And I'm not going to sit here and continue doing nothing. And then when someone who f comes around, who, who actually champions what we say we want, what every Republican pretty much says, but is too scared to actually fight for, um, then, oh, I don't know, Daniel, oh, we can't go down that path. Well, then, then we're not going to move it and move the goalpost. This is a way. This is an isolated Senate race. I mean, session seat. The NRSC is coming in. This is good versus evil. Um, you guys can make this happen. You know what to do. We're just about out of time. Anyway, support our sponsor, CRTV. Get your subscription for 99 bucks a year, and then you could see my lovely radio face on Steve Dace's show, which you can't see now if you're not a subscriber. Also, register today for $100 off the Freedom Fest. That is the annual trade show for Liberty, July 19th to the 22nd at the Paris Resort in Vegas. Hope to see you guys there. Go to www.freedomfest.com to get your $100 off. And by the way, put in promo code CRTV100. Thank you all. God bless. Let's take yes for an answer. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.